I want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, all that good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Brian Searcy on the line. He is the CEO over at Main Street Pilot. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. So I'm excited to get into Main Street Pilot and what you're doing to help your clients. Um, but before we do that, I want to um, give the audience a little bit more of your background. Uh, How did you get started as an entrepreneur? Well, Adam, I spent 23 years in the Air Force. I retired as a, as a colonel in 2010, and I did what a lot of retiring senior officers do, and I went to work for a defense contractor. Kind of went for that next paycheck, that next job, and not a second career. After about 13 or 14 months, though, I was I was really chomping at the bit, and I wasn't having the same satisfaction I had in the Air Force where I was leading young men and women. I was mentoring young men and women. Um, so I had a few conversations with some of my mentors and decided that I needed to do something that I was going to be passionate about that was going to continue to give me the opportunity to provide leading and mentorship and to, to make a change and to make differences. And mm. about... Uh, Four or five years after that, about three years ago, I met a very good friend of mine, or I, a very good friend of mine from church, and I started having a conversation about all of the divisiveness in our country today, all mm. the things that we see as the rhetoric and politics, and and just in the communities with law enforcement and all these types of things. And we said, well, what if you, what if we could solve this? So we we started trying to figure that out and came to the conclusion that it's really a, a simple solution. It's the fact that. Young men and women today, and I'd argue for the last decade or so, um, are coming out of school and going to the workplace without having developed personal skills and decision-making skills. We started doing some research and found out that that is an absolute truth. The statistics are scary. Over, according to PayScale, over 60% of the kids coming out of college don't have these skills today, which means 60% of the workforce doesn't know how to interact with each other. They don't know how to interact with their boss. So we decided to figure out a way to solve that. So we came up with unique content and then a unique way to present that content so that we don't follow the same old traditional training, but we allow the behavior to change. So it's given me the opportunity to to do what I was doing in the Air Force, be very, very passionate about something, be very excited to get up in the morning about making change and helping people. Mm. And so uh, that's a that's a big deal. So going from um, and obviously you were very high high ranking um, in the Air Force, but uh, let's say that um, you know for in general, I believe the term is called transition. So going to to civilian life um, after being in the service, um, and that that's not always the um, the most simple thing. What kind of advice would you give to you know that new um, that new person that's leaving the military and is considering becoming an entrepreneur because it's, you know, world's world's difference there. Um, What kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's a lot of people that are out there that are trying to help with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it depends on where the people are in their transition. We've got people that come out after four years because they or four or six years. They've just done one, one tour or people like me that spent over 20 years. And, Mm -hmm. One of the key decisions that you have to make is, is do you want to have a career and do you want to continue to make a difference 
that's one of the main reasons why many of us joined the military in the first place. We wanted to serve. We wanted to make a difference. We wanted to have an impact on our community. Or do you just want that paycheck? Do you want to mm. have that income so that I do know a number of retired colonels and generals and, and senior officers that they didn't want to have that second career where they were passionate and they were doing this. They just wanted to mm -hmm. have income so they could travel with their family, spend time with their kids, and that's fantastic. So mm -hmm. in that transition period, that's one of the key things that I think people need to decide. Um, do I just want a paycheck and I'll be happy to do whatever's necessary for that paycheck and, and make what I need to do the things that I want to do with my family, or do I want to continue making a difference? That's, so those are that's probably the first question to answer. Then the second question, or the second, not question, the second in, in, internal piece that they have to deal with is that mm -hmm. they have something to give. And many people come out of the military and struggle with trans, that transition and translating what they did in the military to how it applies to civilian life. And my, my recommendation always is just be passionate about what you can do. Um, we're finding in the civilian community that they're recognizing that the development of personal skills, the ability to make decisions and interact with people, and passion and creativity are the key things that they're really looking for. So with that being the case, demonstrate when in that job interview or when you're looking for that next job that, that those are the skills that you have and that that's what you can bring to, to that new company. Yeah, that, that's absolutely amazing. And I, I love that, that those are the first things that came to mind for you. Um, and, to, and to the listeners, so this isn't scripted. So when I ask these questions, I think they can tell, but I, I like to bring it up in, in special moments like this if it's the first time ever listening. Um, because what you just said, um, and, and, you know, obviously being very experienced in military and otherwise in your career, it's also what a lot of other um, guests have said and entrepreneurs and business owners who don't have military experience, but in general, who are just uh, really these themes of do you want to make a difference or do you want a paycheck? Well, you can, you can do both, but you have to have that internal um, dialogue about what matters most to you and where you want to really allocate your time. So I think it's pretty uh, special and important to hear from someone like yourself um, in this to give everybody listening and myself also um, a good framework for how important those questions are um, going forward. Um, so thank you for that, uh, Brian. Um, let's let's switch it up a bit. I want to spend some time on uh, what you're doing over at Main Street Pilot. So you gave us uh, some some high level of direction. If you could just maybe add a little bit more to that into how specifically you're you're helping the clients um, achieve what you want, what they want. Right. Yeah. So this problem is actually huge. So we've got, as I mentioned, about two or three decades of, of young men and women that have come out of school that don't have personal skills, which is driving uh, turnover in companies, which is driving the lack of productivity, which is decreasing return on investment, which is increasing costs of onboarding and a whole host of other things because they're they don't know how to interact with each other. They don't know how to communicate within the company. They don't know how to follow direction. Um, so these are all problems that we've got young men and women today, like I said, coming into the workforce that they don't have. Mm. So that's the near-term problem. How do we solve that near-term problem so that the young men and women that go into the workforce can be productive? But to my, you know, kickoff of this conversation right, right now is, is, this is a systemic problem that goes back 20 or 30 years. That's how mm. we got to where we are today. So we can solve the short-term problem. And that's, that's Main Street Pilot's current focus. 
but we also need to bring into kids in school and the parents the learning of these skills. We need to reintroduce that. So what Main Street Pilot is doing is, is putting programs into the workplace. It doesn't matter the size of the company. We use micro-learning to allow behavior to change and to allow the learning of these skills to take place. Traditional training has been tried to, to teach personal skills and decision-making, and what happens is you go and you have a two-hour class, and then a week and a half later, you forgot everything that you learned in that class because mm -hmm. nothing reinforced it, nothing built upon it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why we use micro-learning and the content that we've developed within the narrative of the company to talk about the development of these skills. But then what we also do, we take it two steps further to help the leaders of the company, because I'm a big advocate of the difference between leadership and management. In companies, we need leaders that are out there setting the vision, setting the mission and the values of the company, and then working to communicate that to all of the employees. But what is missing is a way to communicate that. So our 52-week program allows that communication to take place every single week. But even more than that, it allows an alignment of decisions. So if the company wants every single decision that their, their, their people make to align with the vision, mission, and value so that they can serve their customer, by reintroducing that and, and reinforcing that every single week, now every single decision down the road they think about it, so they align it with what the vision, mission, and values of the company are. So we're aligning decisions. So first off, we're, we are developing personal skills and decision-making skills so that they can communicate within the workplace. We're aligning decisions so that they take care of themselves and they take care of what the company's vision is, mission is, and, and values are, which means that the mm -hmm. client gets taken care of. But then what we also introduce is a mentoring opportunity. I'm a firm believer um, General George S. Patton was one of the many uh, folks that I took some leadership qualities from, and one of the things that he always said is that you need to mentor people to take your place in the future. That's what you, how you need to look at leadership. Mm -hmm. So leaders and companies today get some great leadership training. They read a lot of books. Oftentimes, they never write down what their leadership philosophy is, which is a problem because now they only have a philosophy and they don't have leading as a verb. So mm -hmm. when, when we put a mentoring program in place, which means every single week they have to actively mentor their people, now we have done three things. We have improved workplace communication, we've aligned decisions, and we've put an actual active program in place to allow leading to take place. I want to I wanna just step back just a, a moment or two um, and, and have you define a couple things because I don't, I don't want to assume that everybody understands the uh, industry jargon, so to speak. Um, first of all, what's micro-learning? Right. So traditional learning is usually a one-hour class, and there's something that's mm -hmm. called the forgetting curve, which mm -hmm. means that if you take a class for an hour, within seven days, you will have forgotten 95% of what you've learned unless it has been somehow reinforced. So mm -hmm. that is why in the Air Force, when you learn how to fly an airplane, you do it every single day. So it's muscle memory. It's mm -hmm. you know exactly what it is you're going to do. Same thing with, you know, if you're an athlete and there's certain things that you have to do, you practice that all the time so that you're ready to do that. So micro-learning does two things. First off, the attention span in our society today is, is something to be desired. And you hear that all the time. You may have heard the old <laughs> adage or the recent adage that the attention span is less than a goldfish today. Um, I, I, can, I can talk a long time about that because I agree with it on one hand, but I disagree with it on another hand. But the bottom line is, you know, about five, about 
50 seconds to 118 seconds is the attention span of somebody right now to be able to really learn something and make it mm -hmm. something to change the behavior. So what we do is we provide about five minutes, three days a week of, of targeted message with videos, surveys, and, and other mediums so that they're getting three five-minute mm -hmm. bites every single week so that they're reinforcing that behavior. So over a 52-week period, they have more than um, you know, 150 touches on the, the development of these skills, on how to align your decisions, on how to mentor within the company so that you can communicate within the company. Oh, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. And it just, um, and I think that type of um, learning, well, I, I, I like it personally because I, I feel like I definitely retain more. I didn't know the numbers and the statistics behind what you said, but I do know that um, in general, things like a certain YouTube video or a certain thing, like the shorter bite-sized bit that and followed up with um, action has always worked for me. Didn't know why, but thank you, now I do. Um, <laughs> one, one, one other thing I want you to put a little bit more meat on um, is, is when you say personal skills, um, what does that mean? Right, so there's really 93 of them. And mm -hmm. You hear the term a lot called life skills. Well, life skills are how to cook, how to change a tire, how to balance mm -hmm. your checkbook. Those are life skills. Then you've got hard skills. So you go to college to learn how to be an accountant, or you go to a trade school to learn how to work on an engine. So those are hard skills. The mm -hmm. soft skills or the personal skills are how to communicate, how to solve problems, how to think critically, how mm -hmm. to do conflict resolution. Um, though there's about 93 of them. Mm -hmm. Those are all the skills that you have to develop over time. See, these are skills that 40 years ago parents were teaching kids because that's mm -hmm. where the responsibility truly lies. Mm -hmm. But over the years, starting in the early 1970s, parents stopped learning these skills because their parents stopped teaching them. So wow. now we have generations of parents that don't have these skills that now they can't give those skills or they're not teaching those skills to their, to their uh, kids that they're raising. They're not teaching them responsibility. They're not teaching them accountability. They're not teaching them how to make mistakes. Um, and that is driving a rise in depression, a rise in anxiety. So there's a big circular problem mm. with all of this. And that's why I often say that this is an epidemic today. It truly is um, mm -hmm. because we've got people in the workforce that don't have the skills. We have people in college that don't have the skills. And we've got young men and women that are in elementary school, middle school, and high school that still aren't learning these skills. So we just keep perpetuating the problem and actually making it worse. Oh, no, I, I love it. And I love your um, concise explanation of it. And what it comes down to is, you know, if the parents don't have the skills, they can't teach them to their kids. What happens if we let this um, epidemic last another generation or two? Then do the skills become lost? I mean, it, it's it's a big deal. Um, so I, and absolutely. I and, and you... And you just hit a nail right on the head is there's a lot of people out there that are complaining about the fact that millennials or generation don't have these skills. My argument is my vision is instead of complaining about it, let's get out mm -hmm. there and give them the skills that they need to be able to be successful. Let's not worry about whether they currently have them or not. Let's get a program out there at, at all these different levels to give them the ability to learn these skills. And, and you might've noticed, I don't use the word teach. I use the word learn because personal skills are personal. I can't mm -hmm. teach you how to communicate, solve conflicts. I can give you tools to use that you can adapt over time to establish a behavior and to mm -hmm. establish those skills, but it's, you can't go in and teach somebody 
how to do those types of things. And that's where a lot of the traditional fa uh, training fails is because that's what they're still trying to do. I go back to my time in the Air Force, and for the last 10 years in the Air Force, I had the same ethics computer-based training. It was exactly the same. Well, I don't think anybody, any of your listeners would think that a two-hour computer-based training is going to teach you how to make ethical decisions. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same type of philosophy with personal skills. And that's why the micro-learning and the content that we've developed with a foundational tool to make decisions, that's how you change that behavior. And we are allowed to follow the 2190 rule. So it's 21 days to establish a habit and at least 90 days to establish a behavior. That's why most New Year's resolutions fail because people will do it for two weeks and mm -hmm. then they go right back to what, doing what they were doing before. That's why you have to have the repetitive reinforced micro-learning to make this happen. Yeah, I love it. Well, I can say personally, um, I'm uh, I'm glad that you decided in, in your transition to take on a, a passion project and something so large and uh, trying to trying to fix something that's systemic. Um, and so I'm happy for that. Um, if somebody's listening to this, Brian, and they want more information on uh, Main Street Pilot, what's the best way for them to follow up and get that information? I love to uh, reach out to folks on LinkedIn, so it's, they can go to my profile on LinkedIn. Um, my email is brian.searcy, that's S-E-A-R-C-Y, at MainStreetPilot.com, and my phone number, 940-231-3195. Um, I'm always happy to talk to folks that are passionate about solving this problem, because that's truly my vision. Um, and it's, there's two visions. There's the near-term, solving it in the workplace, but getting it into the third, fourth, and fifth grade, and then having it in the schools, helping mm. parents teach this at home, so that 25 years from now, this is no longer a problem. No, that's great. Well, um, again, I want, I want to thank you for coming on the show, Brian. And uh, to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, uh, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really appreciate it. And uh, Brian, thanks again for coming on.